Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Aronoff, and here with me today is Dr. Andrew Wassif, an orthopedic surgeon with Sports and Spine Orthopedics in Southern California and is affiliated with Providence Little Company of Mary. Today, we're answering your questions about joint replacement surgery and joint rejuvenation surgery. Remember, everyone, most of our questions will come from you, our listeners, via social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. Use the hashtag talk with a doc. That's hashtag talk with a doc for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Well, let's get started by welcoming our expert today. Hello, Dr. Wasif. Hi, how are you, Mary? Thanks for inviting me. I'm great, and we're super excited to have you here. And I always like to start this conversation with a really easy one that you cannot mess up, you cannot not know the answer. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role with Providence. Well, my name's uh, Andrew Wasif. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, uh, joint specialist in the uh, South Bay area. Uh, I have an office there at uh, Sports and Spine Orthopedics. And my role with Providence is uh, really building a revision uh, joint uh, replacement program, which uh, the Providence, uh, you know, specialists have, have uh, understood that that's really important in the future of uh, joint replacements. And they wanted to offer the highest uh, availability of uh, specialists there. So we're building a program there. That's exciting. Well, I understand that you are an expert in what's called minimally invasive robotic assisted surgery. And what does that actually mean? So what robotic assisted surgery is, is, is really a revolution uh, that has occurred over the last five to 10 years with joint replacements. And it's really given us the ability to be extremely precise and also to cater a joint replacement to every individual's anatomy. Um, previously, we weren't really able to, you know, customize a, a knee or a hip replacement for a patient. Uh, we were very constricted by the guides that we had for the surgery. Um, so it's it's really given us the ability to have much more information prior to surgery. We get a CT scan before the surgery. Um, and this is for Mako robotic assisted surgery. And what the CT scan gives us is a wealth of information, not only about the anatomy, but about the amount of damage and the sizes and the angles that we're going to use to reconstruct the joint. And then when we actually go to do the surgery, there's a robotic arm that we use intraoperatively. And that arm allows us to be extremely precise. And it allows us to deliver the best possible result that we can every single time. So Dr. Wasif, how do people know when it's time and they actually need joint replacement? Well, what we've seen really over the years is there's been a, a large shift in terms of the patient population that, that really is eligible and that needs a joint replacement. Um, in the past, it was, you know, mostly an elderly population. Now we're seeing younger and younger patients, and a lot of them are, you know, due to injuries that they've had from sports in the past or accidents. Uh, some of them just wear and tear and, and you know, as, as time goes, the joint wears out. Um, really what we say is, you know, you should do everything you can prior to getting to surgery. We, you know, we always recommend trying the easy things first and the, the non-invasive uh, options such as exercise and physical therapy and sometimes injections and, and anti-inflammatory medications. And when you get to the point that 
all those things aren't really working for you and you get to the point that it's really affecting your normal activities of, of daily life and you're starting to make you know decisions based on whether or not your knee or hip is hurting you that's when that's when you start considering joint replacement surgery are there pretty common causes or people that experience you know typical say symptoms like am i more likely to need joint replacement if i have arthritis or something like that yeah so there you know there are definitely the more common causes such as uh, osteoarthritis which we often refer to as the wear and tear arthritis, which is uh, usually due to, uh, you know, as we age and the repetitive activities and, and sometimes small injuries along the way. Um, there's also different types of uh, arthritis we call inflammatory uh, arthritis, which is something like rheumatoid arthritis. And um, patients that are affected by those types of diseases often, you know, will require joint replacement in their lifetime. Um, but really, you know, we don't treat the x-ray or the imaging uh, study really we, we treat your symptoms so you know people usually get to the point of needing a joint replacement when the symptoms are severe enough to say that you know a joint replacement is warranted and would be helpful for them so tell me how someone actually gets to you like i assume that i've i've tried other things maybe i've gone to a primary care physician maybe i've seen a, a physical therapist what how how do people typically get to you and does it require a referral so, uh, you know, that's highly dependent on, on the, uh, the, the insurance that they have. But generally, patients will get to me after, you know, usually being treated by their primary care physician. A lot of times they'll have had an injection or two. Um, and then they'll get to the point where they say, okay, it's time to see, you know, a specialist. Um, uh, especially when it's uh, arthritis affecting the joint. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a joint specialist, so all I do is joint replacement surgery. Um, so, you know, patients often will get to the point that they've, you know, gone to the, to, to the furthest point that they can with their primary doctors and their physical therapists, and that's usually when they're referred to me. Um, you can also always come see an orthopedic specialist without, you know, needing a referral if your insurance allows for that. Um, and that, you know, is, is often how patients come to seek me out as people that may have known that they've had arthritis in the past or have had injuries and they want to check on their knee or their hip and, and make sure that uh, they are not in need of surgery. Well, and, and you talked about maybe things have even changed because it feels like when I used to hear joint replacement, it was like the elderly, right? <laughs> or it was like really intense athletes, but it seems to me like more and more people are getting it. Is it because it's a better option than a different surgery or is it because people are doing different things? What's really causing that shift? Well, there's a, a few causes in the shift of the demographics. A, I think people are leading, you know, very active lifestyles uh, and more aggressive about their active lifestyles at a younger age. I think, you know, sports um, athletes are held at a very different level. And I, I think that we really push ourselves. And so often people are getting, you know, tears in their ACL or, um, you know, some kind of a, a ligament tear or, or a damage to their cartilage at a younger age. And so as time goes on, often that, that, uh, turns into arthritis later on down the, down the line. Um, also what we're seeing is that people are not really willing to, you know, live in pain and people aren't willing to give up 
what they enjoy doing. And really our job is to keep people active, to keep people happy and, and to let them enjoy what they, you know, the activities they want to do. In the past, it was, it was often thought that, you know, if you have a knee or a hip replacement, that's, that's it. You're not going to be able to do anything active. There's no skiing, there's no swimming, there's, you know, all, all those, all those active uh, uh, sporting activities, people thought that they weren't able to do now with the, you know, increases in technology and also our surgical procedures and, and the way that we're performing the procedures, um, most surgeons are quite comfortable allowing patients to be much more active than we were in the past. Is there a faster recovery time from a joint replacement, especially a robotic replacement, or is it is it pretty much the same? So what we have seen with the robotic-assisted uh, knee and hip replacements, there is a, a pretty significant uh, reduction in terms of the overall recovery time. Um, I think I've personally seen that in in my uh, my practice, and I have been a big believer in robotics from a, from a pretty early stage, uh, and I adopted it very early in my practice, and so. I, you know, I, I saw a very quick shift in my patient's recovery, especially with knee replacements, you know, starting from the second week after surgery, people would come in and I would say, wow, this, you know, this is a, an extremely quick recovery compared to what I was doing prior to the robotics. Um, I think we've also noticed that there's decreased pain overall with robotic assisted surgery. Um, we've, you know, had a lot of research showing that there is decrease in the soft tissue damage surrounding the uh, uh, knee when we do knee replacements with the robotic assisted arm versus the non-robotic assisted arm. Uh, and we're also able to recreate the anatomy uh, in a much more consistent manner and customize it for them. So when we're able to do that, the body feels more natural. And so people just recover more quickly. And I think, you know, once they feel more natural, it's, it's just easier to recover. Every time you say robotic arm, I feel like, you know, the matrix, right? Like it sounds very technical. It sounds very kind of exciting. Talk to me a little bit about what it means though. Like for people listening who don't know what a robotic surgery looks like, walk me through how that's different than your typical surgery. You know, I, I think we take it for granted because now it's just such a normal part of uh, our lives as a surgeon uh, using it. But, it, you know, I think the first time that I heard it myself, I was I was pretty shocked that we were actually starting to come on to that endeavor with orthopedics. And it was it's a really exciting time. Um, what it is, is, you know, again, we get a CT scan and the CT scan. If we're doing, say, a knee replacement, the CT scan doesn't go only through the knee. It actually goes through the hip and the ankle. And what it does is it gives us not only information about the knee itself and where the damage is, but it also gives us information about the angles and uh, basically the, the anatomy that we're starting with. Um, what that allows us to do, again, is create a plan prior to surgery that uh, allows us to really, really uh, decrease those outliers in terms of uh, not hitting the bullseye perfectly. Um, so what it allows us to do is make a plan and the plan prior to surgery gives us your sizes. You know, it, it's kind of like picking a shoe size. You know, every everyone has a different size joint. And so 
picking the correct size is critical to how comfortable you're going to be. It's like if you're a size eight shoe and, and I give you a size seven, you're not going to be very comfortable. Or if I give you a size nine, likewise, you're not going to be really happy. So it's really making sure that we a get the correct size and put it in in the right position and with the precision that we want to. So that way we know that every time we leave the operating room, we have the right mechanics, we have the right size for the right patient. And it really uh, allows us to feel comfortable leaving knowing that we gave you the best knee or hip replacement that we could have. Does it decrease the amount of time that you're in surgery or is that pretty consistent? The, the actual surgical time does not really decrease uh, overall. If you, if you really look at, uh, you know, I think in my practice, initially, when you first start using it, it might take a little bit longer to get comfortable with the technology. And then, you know, certain cases, it might save you a little bit of time. However, uh, it's not really a time saver. It's, it's really trying to reproduce a perfect joint every time. So this is not really about saving time. It's more about really creating an excellent joint replacement. And the robotic arm, it's it's not an arm that acts on its own. It's actually an arm that we manipulate and we move. However, it keeps us within very, very strict boundaries. And so it does not allow the, the saw blade or the tools to, to go outside of of the boundary within a millimeter. So it really restricts where the tools that you're using are moving. So that does allow you to perform more minimally invasive surgery. And so that, that does save some time for sure. Uh, and that's also what leads to a faster recovery. I think it's really important though, what you just said, you're still in control. I mean, you're the surgeon and you're managing the robot or the robotic arm itself. And I think that's something people don't necessarily understand. Like you're still in control, but talk to me a little bit about what kind of training you need in order to do the robotic surgery since you are kind of the in command. So, so the, the training, there is special training that uh, every surgeon has to undergo to become certified to uh, actually do the robotic assistant surgery. Um, I'm actually one of the national uh, trainers, so I do spend quite a bit of time uh, training surgeons and certifying them. Um, and after, you know, after people get trained on it. Now, keep in mind, the surgery is, is the implants themselves have not changed. So it's not that we're using different implants. We're using excellent tried and true implants. What we're doing is just changing, <clears throat> changing the way that we're putting them in. Um, so once you're certified, then usually there's, uh, you know, a few cases that are kind of uh, uh, not only observed, but also uh, they'll have an expert kind of helping. And then after that, they're, they're you know, you're, you're kind of flying on your own. Um, the, the, the real beauty of this technology, I think that's very different than any other technology or, or any other, you know, changes that we've seen historically with surgery is that your results with this technology will be better immediately. So even though there's a, a learning phase and there's a run-in phase, the results with the robotic assisted surgery we've seen have been better immediately starting day one as a surgeon. And I think that's a really, really powerful you know, finding for me was, wow, my patients are doing better 
and I'm just starting to learn this technology and, and imagine where it goes from there. So um, I, I think it's just, it's just giving us a very, very powerful tool to allow us to hit the bullseye every time. I love it. Well, this is a fascinating conversation, but we do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll continue the conversation about joint replacement and robotic arm surgery. Oh, 
we are back on Talk with the Doc, and we are joined by Dr. Andrew Wassif, and we're talking about joint replacement surgery. And right before the break, you were talking about kind of the success rate and how you're seeing people kind of leave the surgery and, and getting right back to things. Is that pretty consistent for people of all ages, or is it typically you have better success the younger you are? What does that look like? You know, that's a good question. There, there's, uh, there's patients in, I think, both categories, you know, that we see, and it's not not really age dependent. Um, I, I think as a surgeon, we always we always try to predict who's going to do extremely well and who's going to need a little bit more help. Uh, and I think it's a very humbling experience as a surgeon to see the people that you think might need some extra help. Uh, often are the ones that are running into clinic two weeks after surgery without a cane. Um, uh, you know, it, it's I, I will say that the better the better fit you are prior to surgery and the better muscle tone you have prior to surgery uh, and the more active you are prior to surgery usually translates into a quicker recovery and being able to get back to a more normal walking pattern and more normal daily activities sooner. Um, when people really get to the point that their arthritis has become so severe that they now maybe have a deformity and they're not able to walk well and they've they've really decreased their activity and sometimes gained weight and just had a harder time mobilizing prior to surgery that that translates into having a more difficult time after surgery often as well well, I have to ask the question, when we talk about replacement, that makes me think, what are we replacing it with, right? So when you have replacement surgery, what is it an implant? How does that work? So, you know, replacement is a, is a term that we throw around. But to be honest with you, what we're doing um, when we're performing a knee replacement, we're not really cutting the knee out and re completely replacing it. What we're doing is we're replacing the damaged areas. Uh, and it's more of almost a resurfacing procedure. And it is replaced with a prosthesis. So we're using metal, basically a, a very high grade titanium and, and cobalt chrome alloys, uh, as well as a high grade polyethylene, we call it, which is a very high grade durable plastic that goes in the middle that kind of acts like the cushioning and acts like the cartilage. Uh, and so basically you have a mix of the metal and plastic. And so, you know, you're, you're completely removing any of the arthritic areas and the worn out cartilage and you're now no longer going to have those rubbing on each other and that's really how you get the pain relief is that you're no longer having a situation where there's painful areas in the joint that are rubbing on each other so this makes sense to me from a joint replacement what you're talking about but i've also heard the terminology joint revision what's the difference so a revision total joint is actually when there's already a total joint replacement in place, like say someone has had a total hip replacement 20 years ago, and now maybe the parts have worn out and they might need, uh, they might need to have them changed out. That's what we call a revision is when we're redoing a joint that's already in place. So do most people who have the joint replacement then eventually need a joint revision? That's an excellent question. So, you know, 
in the past, that was often the thinking is that, you know, we're going to give you a total joint and, you know, in 15 years, 20 years, you're, you're going to need to get it changed out. Um, what we can say now is that we really don't have the knowledge in terms of how long these joints are going to last um, because the technology we have now is so much improved and the wear, the wearing out of the the plastic that used to be a big problem is no longer an issue. Uh, we have not seen the ceiling yet. We have, you know, 15 year data on what we're using now and it's excellent. And we just haven't seen the ceiling of when we're going to need to change these out. So what we're hoping is that it will obviously be a lot longer than what we were putting in in the past and everything is pointing to that yes what we are doing now is going to hopefully last much longer we just don't know how long if it's going to be 25 years or 30 years you know we really don't know and and it's also dependent on a lot of factors such as the activity level if you're playing tennis five days a week um, that's obviously going to put a little bit more stress on the joints uh, also your weight if you're a, a much lighter person it puts less stress on the joint replacement so there's a lot of a lot of factors that go into that but it's kind of exciting right you just said if you're playing tennis five days a week like many many moons ago if your knees gave out you weren't ever going to play tennis again right now you're talking about i can go play tennis so i think it's really exciting to to hear kind of what's happening are there any new technologies or any new you know procedures or services coming down that we should know about you know i i think the evolution of robotics is in its infancy and I, I, I think we've already come such a long way uh, and it's it's actually we're, we're already on the next iterations of, of the robotic arm assisted surgery and, and we offer that at Little Company of Marion Torrance and it's it's just great to have that technology to offer to our patients and it's it's ever changing and so we we you know every every several months and uh, you know several years there will be more and more updates to it but i think this technology is the technology that's going to be you know really here for the future and i think it's just going to continue to improve and continue to also allow us as a community to improve not just the surgeons but just being able to get real feedback from our patients and and really follow these changes and being able to reproduce them as we want to so now we're able to really you know follow the the changes that we're doing in surgery with the robotic assisted surgery and we're able to know what is going to be beneficial and what is not going to be beneficial for our patients well, Dr. Walsef, I'm doing what I always do, which is hogging all the questions. So apparently it's time for me to ask you questions that came in from the audience. So uh, Daniel from Facebook wants to know, he says, I have rheumatoid arthritis and degenerative bone disease. Pain is a constant in my life of my joints, but especially in my hips. With both of these conditions, would I even be a candidate for joint replacement? So I will say with rheumatoid arthritis, actually, uh, those patients uh, have excellent outcomes with joint replacements. Um, they actually, if you look at our orthopedic literature, tend to have uh, even better longevity with the joint replacement. Um, so I would say, yes, uh, you know, depending on the exact situation, you would very likely be a good candidate for a joint replacement. 
Awesome. Well, Anna from Instagram says, my mom's physician recommends she receive a hip replacement. After surgery, will she be discharged to recover or would she need to go to a rehab facility? I assume that depends a lot on the patient, but in general, maybe. Uh, so I, I would say that definitely depends a lot on the patient. Um, in general, we are doing much less uh, of discharging people to, uh, you know, to rehabilitation units and, and nursing homes. Uh, and we're doing our best to really get people home where they're, where they're safest. Uh, a lot of times we're actually doing these total joint replacements and they're even going home the same day. Um, but the majority of our patients are going home the next day after surgery, as long as we feel that they're safe and they've done well with therapy, um, they're able to go home and they're, they're able to recover from home. Uh, and, and, you know, we have to always keep in mind people that come in to see us are not sick people. They're not sick patients. They're just patients that have a bad joint. They have a problem that needs to be fixed. So we really try to keep them on track of a quicker, safer recovery and uh, more times than not, that's in a, in a home setting. Well, you actually led us into the next question we got, which is what are the most common, com common complications after joint replacement? Are there things I can do ahead of time to reduce my risk? So that's, that's an excellent question. I, I think, you know, the, the most common there's, there's the most common complications and then there's the most devastating complications. And I think as surgeons, we really tend to worry about the most devastating complications. Uh, and one of the most uh, problematic issues is infection. Infection can be a, a very big problem. And uh, when in a total joint replacement gets infected, it often requires more surgery. So uh, one of the biggest uh, risk factors for infection is going to be obesity as well as poorly controlled diabetes. So, you know, the best thing I, I, I really, you know, suggest for my patients is A, get in the best shape that you can be in. So, you know, if you do have a few pounds to lose, it, it's always better to try to get that, you know, get that taken care of prior to surgery because it's going to reduce your risk for infection. And then, of course, with diabetes, making sure that the blood sugars are well controlled because that's a, a pretty significant risk factor. And then there's also risk factors of uh, blood clots, which we see so, so infrequent now, especially because of our rapid recovery protocol. Uh, you know, when we have patients in the hospital, we, we get them up the day of surgery. They're up walking with our specialized therapists, uh, which uh, are excellent therapists. And so we're really not seeing those problems that, you know, used to occur by patients sitting in bed all the time. So. Uh, the real key is 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 prior to surgery getting in the best shape you can and after surgery really trying to get up and get as active as you can uh, uh, quickly so um, it's getting up and walking you know every hour and a half to two hours max even if it's a short walk uh, we really try to motivate people to to get back to their normal lives and to to really become uh, non-reliant on uh, other people as well because it, it just you know, gives them motivation to feel better. Well, our next question is, um, is a patient expected to no longer have pain after joint and, and after surgery and recovery, and will they need physical therapy? 
So physical therapy uh, is usually uh, part of the recovery process, especially with total knee replacement. Um, often patients with total hip replacement recover uh, uh, with much less physical therapy. However, um, therapy is very important in terms of getting back your muscle strength and getting the uh, range of motion of the joint that, that uh, is optimal for you. Um, in terms of pain, pain is expected after any surgery, but especially joint replacement, pain pain is expected for a short period of time. Um, we do everything we can at Little Company of Mary to really reduce the amount of pain that you feel. So we have specialized uh, nerve blocks that we do uh, by our anesthesiologists uh, that really reduce that initial uh, uh, feeling of pain. So most people are comfortable for the first couple of days. And then, you know, pain's expected for a period of time. Most people by six to eight weeks start really turning the corner and feeling much better. There, always is a subset of patients that uh, may experience pain after a total knee replacement. Um, it's a, a much smaller percentage, uh, I think, now with robotic-assisted surgery, at least in my practice, than, than it used to be because I think we're just recreating the much more natural mechanics of the, no of the knee joint. Uh, however, you know, Historically, you see about 10% of patients that will still have some lingering pain. However, we still don't expect it to be nearly as painful as the arthritic joint was. Well, I have so many more questions for you, but we're almost out of time. So I always like to offer this one up toward the end, which is, is there anything you want to tell the audience about joint replacement or joint revision that we haven't covered already? Well, I think I would say that uh, making the decision to be evaluated uh, for a joint replacement is not the same thing as making the decision to proceed with a joint replacement. Um, I have many patients that I think never really knew that there were options and didn't, didn't feel that there were any good options for them. And I have other patients who come in uh, really expecting a knee replacement or a hip replacement, and we discuss other non-surgical options that they do very well with. So uh, I think, first of all, just having the knowledge is, is really important. Um, I think understanding that the evolution of joint replacements uh, has, has really taken a course that gives you a much, much uh, better chance of, of having an excellent outcome and of keeping the activity level that you want after a joint replacement. Um, with revision surgery, uh, you know, that's also really important to understand that there are options for patients who have had total joint replacements in the distance past or even in the more recent past and are having problems with them. And there are all, you know, all, always opportunities for that to be evaluated as well. And sometimes a revision, a redo surgery is necessary in order to create a more optimal outcome. So I think people just, you know, have to understand that there are options and it's, it's always good to educate yourself and to know the options out there so that you can make the best decision possible for yourself. Well, those are amazing words, and we do still have a lot of questions, so you might be hearing from me. We might have to have you come back a second time, but we do really appreciate the time that you took with, uh, for joining us today, Dr. Wasif, and um, for everyone listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Make sure to listen to future shows on Dash Radio under the Future of Health radio station or on your favorite podcast platform. 
And be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our missions, programs, and services, visit Providence.org. Thanks for listening. And thanks, Dr. Wathif. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.